You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma stories through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com and definitely on Instagram at oklahomahof. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hoon here, your host, back with another episode up in Tulsa, Oklahoma today at the home of USA BMX. Um, I would probably, most of you listening probably don't know that it's here. It's a fairly new facility, but it is a mega facility. Just pulling up and seeing giant new building in the middle of nowhere, Tulsa is kind of a, it's exciting. I'd love to see it. So three gents with me today uh, to talk about kind of I guess how you guys got into it and, and the jobs that you do on a daily basis to make this thing run and, and make it a reality. Obviously, there's a museum here as well as, as a track that hosts a lot of really cool events. Um, if you live in Tulsa, you would know this already. But if you don't live in Tulsa, you might not know this. But um, if your kid wants to get into BMXing, it's a very fun, competitive form of exercising uh, and keeps you fit. So and you might win some big trophies because the trophies that you guys present are fairly large uh but jens thanks so much for taking the time out to share some stories uh before we get started i think probably just go around the around the room and introduce yourselves and tell us what you do here i'll start off i'm uh gork i'm the curator for the bmx hall of fame and museum that we have here in, uh, at this new facility long time bmx guy and yeah racer myself and hall of famer yeah Pretty good then. <laughs> so, humble brag right there. Like, yeah, I'm in the whole thing. No big deal. Yeah. How do you not know who I am? <laughs> my name's Scott Shope. I'm the general manager here. So my job is to make sure that everything works from a, from a high level. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Jacob Nelson, um, track operator. So races, any events on the track, I run that. Yeah. So, I mean, the good that we've got every base covered here today, which I'm super excited about but i guess what kind of early on gets you guys involved in in bmxing and and i guess i mean thankfully you grew up in a generation that didn't have social media and the internet and playstations and stuff like that so you actually had to play outside which the only bone i've ever broken in my body is because i fell off my bike trying to jump a ramp that was too big um but i was clueless and didn't know any better but what's kind of like, I guess, what gets you into, into you know, BMX and cycling from, from that young age and fires up that passion for you guys? Um, I started racing as a kid. I think most of us did. Um, and then life led me one way, got away from it. But now I have four kids of my own, got them back into it and just been doing it ever since. And that led us here. Yeah. You from here originally? No, I'm from Topeka, Kansas. Okay. Much better being here, right? Right. Definitely. <laughs> this track's a little higher level than our old track. It's yeah, a great yeah, track, yeah. but this is a great experience. Yeah. Scott, what about you? I got started. Uh, my dad was a sponsored motocross guy, so I veered off into motocross at an early age, and that's where I was at. But I still had, you know, the Huffy Pro Thunder 4 BMX bike and graduated to my Diamondback Silver Streak. Started off with a 76 Evil Knievel bike. Um, so I had all that going, but the motocross got me on the, the two wheels, and I've been doing that forever. Cross-country racing and motocross and just love it. Um, if it has a spark plug and wheels and speed. I, I'm, that's where I'm at. I dig it. And then I love the vintage aspect of everything that we're doing here as well. Absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it was a natural fit for me. I had a lot of facility management experience. I was a vice president at Tulsa Zoo for several, several years. 
And uh, as this new facility was being built, I was very curious to see if I could get over here, and it worked out. Yeah, awesome. Craig, Cole, what about you? Uh, I grew up in Northern California, Sacramento area. Okay. Been into BM, you know, discovered BMX in 75, what it was, you know, and that's at the very beginning, the roots of, of the sport. And then uh, my first race was at 13 years old in 76. And yeah. Just been doing it ever since. Been fortunate enough to work in the industry. I've, you know, made the big move on my 21st birthday to Southern California to chase the dream to live in the, you know, work in the bicycle business and had enough little connections here and there that I, you know, ended up getting a, a job at BMX Action Magazine, which is over here in our mm-hmm. library right behind me. And, uh, you know, that really kicked it off. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's amazing to kind of find that passion and, and be able to work in that passion, right? Like not very few people get to do that, get to work in their passion and actually enjoy it to a point where, I mean, I, I grew up playing golf. So for me, people who work in the golf industry generally don't get to play golf because they're working people's holidays. Whereas in the BMX world, like, it seems like you get to really enjoy it. Yeah, the sports, you know, it's been great for a lot of, you know, you know, it's it's kind of ran now by the uh, the kids, you know, up in BMX, you know, there's been so many, like we were just talking about Matt Hoffman, you know, and go from rider to mm-hmm. owner of a bike company and, and stuff like that. So there's a lot of entrepreneurship in the in the sport. You know, a lot of these big brands today are, you know, rider owned. Yeah. Which is cool to see. So what brought, did this place bring you to Tulsa? Yeah, well, it's bringing me to Tulsa. Right now I'm, I'm still Arizona resident, but okay. I'm, my wife flew in last night and we're going to be looking for uh, areas, you know. Actively this. seeking a house right now, which yeah, is not yeah. fun. I can tell you it's not fun <laughs> right now. <laughs> Selling is fun right now. Buying is, not. Buying is not fun. Buying is, is, I mean, it's like being at the zoo. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Just good luck. But I'm sure we'll be fine. That's, that's, that's exciting though to be here. I mean, Arizona's great, but not this time of the year. Yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're ex- really excited about, you know, new adventure and, and just being here full-time at this museum right now i've been coming here like one month or one week every month yeah you know to put the museum together so now it's gonna be awesome to be here every day yeah uh, for why is it that like tulsa is the home of of kind of usa bmx then like how does that come about because i I mean just the association's been around since 77 but how does how does tulsa kind of mix in all of this other than being in the middle of the country Take it. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, ABA is, uh, they've always been based out of Arizona, uh, Chandler, Arizona, and Gilbert mm-hmm. is uh, where our offices are. And, but our, out of the whole national series that we put on, Tulsa has always been, or Oklahoma, the state has always hosted the Grand Nationals, which okay. is our World Series race, you know, the, the Super Bowl of, you know, for BMX racing. So the finals are always held. You know, it used to be Oklahoma City over at the Myriad Convention Center uh-huh. up until 97. And then Tulsa, you know, wanted us to bring it back here. We were in Tulsa in 83 and 84, and then they went to Oklahoma City. Yeah. So then finally Tulsa, you know, so we've had this good, you know, this awesome relationship with the city of Tulsa and the Tulsa Sports Commission and with ABA. And uh, so... They talked us into, you know, going to the, it's at the Expo Center, the State Fairgrounds, and that building's, you know, there's, I don't think there's any other building in the country that could host right. our, our, our grands. Uh, the grands is just massive, 
huge race, you know, the biggest one in the entire mm-hmm. world. And uh, so because of that relationship, and there were, they've been since like 99, they've been wanting to build this ultimate facility with an arena and uh, headquarters and, you know, have uh, a museum and a gym and, you know, just, you know, what we have here, you know, it's been a, a vision for about 25 years, you know. So they uh, they had talked with the city of Gilbert in Gilbert, Arizona, where we were where we were at, and it almost happened, but then it didn't. And then Tulsa, you know, the city of Tulsa and the sports commission, they're just like, hey, what about us, you know? Yeah. So you know, since we had that great relationship, they uh, worked it out and they put it in that uh, what was it the vision, vision package mm-hmm. vision package, and uh, you know, Tulsa voters said yes to it. And, here we are seven years later. With the- That's amazing. It's amazing to have. I mean, Tulsa's kind of done that for a while, right? They've, they've always wanted to do cool things and push the boat out. But it's cool to have, like, that kind of community involvement from a for a sport that, like, most of the generation now, the kids, I mean, they there's a very small – I don't know many kids who do BMX, right, if that makes sense. You guys obviously do because you're here all the time. But kids growing up probably don't think, you know what, I'm going to be a really good BMX rider anymore, you know, because it's – they're wanting to go do something else or whatever or – build you know apps and all whatever they're doing <laughs> but you know it, it's really cool for a city to be like you know what this is important we see that this is this is really cool to us and we can have a home here and a home base and from a track perspective i assume every year the worlds had come here you would have to build a track right it's not just waiting for you to come back every year they just do would they do all the dirt work for that event and then have to tear it down and start again every year yep so for you having an actual facility that's just prepped and ready to go went plug and play that's amazing for I mean for all of you right yeah it's I mean having this track here is awesome because we're gonna have I mean the world's best the Olympians they come here they train they practice yeah. you know they stay here for weeks at a time just giving them that level of facility that they can practice out there yeah you know, it's one of the best in the country if not the world God so I mean it's so exciting to have it just like in in the middle in Oklahoma of all places right in Tulsa Oklahoma people would think the hell are we doing here but then they show up right like I, like driving here you're driving through not a great area and it's rundown buildings and you make that turn and you're like you see the giant sign you're like okay this is cool right this is an operation you know and you've got a brand new parking lot surface and everything else right <laughs> all the little things that like when people pull up to this facility that it's not just a warehouse in the middle of nowhere it's like you said a world ca- world class facility. So I'm sure it's fun for you guys to get the reviews from the world's best that come here to train. And like, man, I wish I had this. All the guys who have like, in, you know, grew up, you know, in the 70s and 80s, having not having a facility that come here, like, wow, you guys do not realize how lucky you are <laughs> to have this. Yeah, it was neat. The uh, we have the uh, Legacy Nationals was the first big national event that we held at this facility, and that was in May. And uh, seeing all these uh, international riders, Olympians, you know, we had the the gold medalist from Tokyo and a current world champion. He's from uh, the Netherlands. And it was cool to see him, you know, just, you know, hear what they thought of this facility. They were just blown away, you know. And uh, it was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, it just reinforces the fact that you guys are doing the right thing, right? And, you know, you've probably been all around the world thanks to BMX. And, and with the zoo, you've kind of had a similar, like, hey, I know what it's like to bring people here and give them an experience. Right. It's just fun to give them an experience of a passion that you had growing up. I mean, like, look, I, I've married my kind of experience with hosting and, and being a general manager someplace, but now I get to do it with a passion, which is super, I mean, it's amazing that it's brought three of you here that, you know, you probably didn't think that that was possible one day. So, 
it's exciting. Yeah. You, you still have to kind of, uh, I mean, I've had some good jobs. I mean, obviously, <laughs> when you're working at the zoo, it was like, oh, my God, that's a dream job. And absolutely it is. But he was mentioned in 1983 and 84, we had the grands here in Tulsa, and I was here in 83, and I just remember the ABA, oh, my God, this place is amazing, checking everything out. And then to walk out on a, on a weekday here, yeah. you've got the Olympic uh, team from the United States. You've got three pros, top-notch pros from Australia, one from New Zealand, a guy from Japan, and then two guys from Columbia training later that day. It's just absolutely amazing. When you, you look yeah. at this, you think, this is my job. They're paying me to do this. You know, yeah. I, I dig it. So we have, obviously, we have the museum here. We have the track. Is there anything else that you have that draws people in that adds value? You said a gym, but that's just to host the riders and give Gyms them a place for to work elite out. Training, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, so it's you, an Olympic training facility. So we've okay. got the showers, we've got the gyms, we got two gyms basically upstairs. You got a, yeah. a static weight one, then you have all your machines on the other side. So uh -huh. it's yeah. But other than that, you've got the Hall of Fame. You've got the the part that we're missing is the classrooms. We have a complete okay. educational component that's part of this facility as well. And yeah, so that's, that's uh, the foundation deals with that. So we've got uh, seven weeks of camps going, Jake. Is that right? Um, we just kicked off uh, our RISE program, which was uh, uh, something that was very important to us. We wanted to give back to the community that we're in and try to reach uh, some underserved children in that area. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just kicked it off. It's a six-month program where they work and assemble their bike and keep a journal, and they work. And at the end of that six months, the bike and the helmet is their reward. And I mean, oh, amazing. it was absolutely Amazing. I was looking at this thinking, man, this is going to get wild. We got all these kids trying to put their bikes together. That was one of the funnest evenings I'd had in years. And they were so appreciative um, and absolutely enjoyed every minute of it. I mean, you talk mm -hmm. about a feel-good moment. That is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. So on top of everything else going on, you get to meet your old legend heroes and all these. Then you get to do something like that. I mean, it's the job that just keeps giving. And it sounds cliche, but it does. I yeah. love it. Well, and there's so many things that a sport like BMX can give back to a community, but also it goes far beyond BMX because just the life skills that you're building in kids, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the, the hand skills or whatever, you know, the patience it takes to put a bike together. You know, all of these skills about being around people in the classroom, regardless if you cycled or not, like that's going to give you value. You know, these kids might not cycle for the rest of their lives, but they can, they're going to learn something far beyond Oh, I just did a class with you know a camp oh, yeah. with a BMX. So yeah, yeah, with our STEM camps, yeah, they learn the physics behind everything. They yeah. do track modeling and all that stuff. And I mean, I taught school for five years, and I love seeing the educational component of it. I really, I really. Yeah, do. yeah. Jacob, from a track perspective, what goes into I guess building like, and and designing a world class facility track? Like, I mean, it's. Um. For people listening, <laughs> I have no idea. They just think, oh, it's just a dirt track with a bunch of humps in it. Like. How does that come about? Like, do you hire a designer to come in? Like, so is it like we're, what's what's we're, that like? We're pretty fortunate. We have uh, Billy Allen here. He's been building tracks for forty years, Gork. Yeah. Um, I mean, he travels the country building tracks all over. His his family was into track building before him, mm -hmm. and so just the history of him being with us for so long, knowing the tracks, seeing all the tracks, listening to the riders, you know, seeing what they want, what you know the elite athletes want, and then he comes out here with his tools and machines and does his magic you know so he does the base work and then we come in behind and kind of groom it and you know smooth it out and it's a whole, whole team a lot of effort a lot of time but yeah. it's this finished project and it's pretty amazing 
And because you have this facility all year round now, do you now you can build a schedule, right, and have events and a series, I guess, of events that bring kids in, not just for competitive reasons, but also to see the facilities and camp and stuff like that. Like, yeah, exactly. So we do. Um, I mean, we run pretty much year round out there. Um, for our local athletes, we have pra- normal practices on Wednesday nights, normal local races on Saturday mornings, and that's open to anybody. We have three and four year olds out there just learning how to ride a bike. Um, and then we have our other events, you know, next week, or the second week of July, we have our Olympians coming in. Um, so yeah, we're open pretty much year-round. Um, we're running right now what's called BMX Racing League. So we're teaching kids that have never even raced before. They come in um, for their own private sessions. They learn how to ride. But it's That's one of the amazing things about our sport is it's, it's from the three-year-olds to the Olympians. They're all out there using it every day. Yeah. Well, and even when I showed up earlier, there was, I mean, you guys are teaching what eight to ten kids out there to go up and down steps and yep. like i mean it's <laughs> literally in the parking lot you know outside like right there you don't have to you know that's, that's amazing to have kids riding around and you know i'm sure their parents are happy they're being doing something rather than sitting in the house yep so yeah that's so that's our day camp that the usa bmx foundation's putting on um and again it's, it has stem programs so it does have classroom activity but then it also just teaches them the basic of bike riding and bike skills and you know, something better than sitting at home during the summer playing video games, right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> as much as I love to sit at home. And growing up in Wales where it rained all the time, that's pretty much all I did. Um, shout out to Matt Hoffman's video games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, you're right. It is like it's – and there's something special about getting kids in a group, you know, friendly group to come out and learn something and riding bikes around and they're not terrorizing a neighborhood somewhere and winding up some neighborhood, you know – granddad or whatever you know get off my lawn type people right i mean i'm sure there's still people like that but you know it's it's giving them skills that that they're going to use and and giving them a safe place to come and hang out right and just kind of keeping them away from from doing making a wrong turn and doing bad things there's a lot of stigmas around skateboarding bmx that you know your 50 to 80 year old granddad would, would be like oh, i remember these people they terrorized something but you know it, it's kind of growing and building decent human beings and then you have the you had the competitive element to it and they could be an olympian one day mm-hmm. which is it's an amazing dream to have and and back to just the fact that that's right here in the home of you know in the middle of oklahoma it's uh i don't know it's pretty special and you guys i think are very fortunate to be in this position to give that service to like i said from three all the way to you know a, an olympian which not many people are in Olympians, are they? They come show up with their gold medal, they're like, whoa, that's a big deal. Yeah, there's so many cool stories in the, the BMX, you know, like this whole museum, you know, every bike in here has a story, mm-hmm. you know, all the, you know, the uniforms to, you know, the jerseys and, you know, all, every little item that we have yeah. kind of has some really cool backstories behind each of them, you know. And like what you're just talking about, like uh, this year in October, over Halloween weekend's going to be our... 2022 Hall of Fame induction. Mm-hmm. And like one of the kids, uh, one of the guys that we're inducting is uh, TJ Lavin, mm-hmm. who's, you know, a lot of people might know him as nowadays as the the host of the challenge, you know, uh, series on TV. But, you know, he was BMX kid, you know, at heart. And he was that kid. He was the uh, just dirt jumping around his neighborhood in Las Vegas. And, you know, you see some jumps in this guy's backyard He's like, oh, man, I want to go ride those. You know, so he jumps this guy's fence, goes and rides in his backyard, and this guy happens to come home, this strange kid's just in his backyard <laughs> riding these little, you know, ATV jumps. And instead of getting mad and going, hey, you know, get out of my yard, you know, what are you doing? You're trespassing. It ends up this guy's, uh, like, the uh, 
the appliance king of Las Vegas, and he encourages the kid. He's like, hey, man, grab a shovel. Let's build more jumps. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this guy, Nick Herta, takes TJ Lavin under his wing. They end up starting this whole team, the Herta's Hot Shots, and, you know, that's what, you know, changed TJ's life, you know. Right. And uh, to where he is right now, you know, and then getting inducted in the Hall of Fame. You know, it's just a, you know, that's just one example of thousands of stories yeah. that uh, of success and how BMX has helped them. Right. You know, not just, you know, maybe they quit BMX and they had success in, uh, like one of the guys we had here uh, recently stopped by was Dale Worsham, the NHRA uh, funny car. Now he, he's, uh, I think he uh, he's a team owner, but, you know, he was a, a funny car driver for NHRA, you know, championship has a couple under his belt, mm-hmm. and uh, he was stoked to come here and see. You know, you got, Scott got to host him. Yeah, yeah, he's a funny car and top fuel both. He's got both those championships under his belt. But here's a guy who still rides his, uh, for the most part, his childhood bike. I mean, it, not exactly, but yeah. has childhood parts on it. But he still rides. How old do you think Dale is now? Probably. Ah, uh, yeah, he's, he's fifty. Yeah, he's easily in his mid fifties. Mid fifties, and he. Every race he goes to, he whips out his bike, and he started laughing. He said, yeah, he said, Fox Sports wanted me. They saw me wheeling through the pits, and they're like, you think you could wheelie down the track? He's like, easily. And so they videoed this guy, big-time funny car driver, wheeling his 20-inch BMX bike all the way down a quarter mile, 1,320 feet. So that's just dope, you know. And he came in just as down-to-earth as he could be and so stoked. Same thing he's talking about. You start, if you're a motocross fan, you start talking to any of these motocross guys, invariably they've got some roots somewhere in BMX and that's yeah. what propelled them on, you know? Yeah. So. Well, and like there's so many different like competitive areas, right? Like you have like the, you know, the half pipes, the vert ramps, you have you know, racing, like it's fun for you guys to, to meet all these people because they, like I said, they, they have a, they're, they're perfect in some place, right? Like they're successful for a reason, but like you said, they all like to, I mean, you're just riding a bike, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they all like to do, whatever it is. And most of these guys want to try what they can't do to figure it out if they can do it. And that's how they break all their bones. (laughs) So it's fun to see that and have that kind of, um, different categories of, you know, of using a bike, right. It's, it's discovery and it's, it's, I mean, freeing and and like, there's nothing better than cycling early in the morning or late at night, especially now in Oklahoma when it's a million degrees outside, you know, in the cool air and just going for a bike ride, regardless if it's a BMX or a normal bike, like it's just, I don't know. It's just a lot of fun to do. Yeah, and, and BMX is, you know, it's the place for all kids to, you know, it's your starting point for kids, from, you know, as young as two, three. We have a good Strider balance bike class out here. It's growing when you work on it, yeah, a handful. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. kids, uh, you know, if they're, I, I've seen, youngest kid I've seen on a little push bike, little Strider, you know, balance bike was uh, 16 months old, you know, which is, insane amazing you know, that yeah. this little 16 month old kid you know is out there pushing pushing himself around on the bmx track we we have him do a little half lap you know they'll, they'll start him in the middle of the tr- middle of the track and yeah. give him one turn but you know that's what can you know kickstart that uh lifetime love for uh bicycling yeah what are you guys most excited about, you know, just about having this facility and working here and, and just, I mean, obviously you're moving here, so this is pretty serious for you <laughs> and you, you already have moved here. So, what, I mean, what is it that kind of just I mean, brings you to work every day, makes you excited? Like, I mean, there's, there's so many things here, but I'm just curious individually what it is for you. It's hard to put, I think, a single thing on it. You know, to me, it's um, the whole spectrum, but I love coming in and working, you know, 
specifically since I'm on the track working with all the little kids, you know, you see them, like I mentioned, the BMX racing league we do, you have these kids show up that don't even really know what BMX is, and you're teaching them basically to go from riding a bike to racing, and then hopefully they stick around, you work with them, and you just get to see how they progress over the years, and then, um, you know, ideally we're going to start producing some champions out of here, and so just knowing, like, you're the kid, the new kids are so happy, you know, they just love riding, you know, you hand them their first trophy, and they just smile ear to ear, you know, and so just... From the beginning of that to just the progression of the entire sport and knowing where, where BMX is going, um, you know, it's hard not to love. Right. So what about you? For me, I kind of, and I hate to keep going back to the zoo, but I was there for a while. Um, for me, I kind of got tuned into the service side yeah. of the industry. And so whenever we have, and I don't care what it is, it can be elite teams, it can be our camps, you know, it can be a national that we're having here, whatever kind of special event it is. Um, it's just making sure that the guest experience is tip top and mm-hmm. they're getting to experience this world without any issues, without any excuses. And I mean, this is now, I feel like, I think these guys would agree, this is the Mecca for BMX anywhere mm-hmm. to come to this facility. And it's just seeing the people, and I don't care whether, I mean, it's if it's touring a couple that comes through that's retired and on vacation, which we've done several times, yeah. 75 years old, 80 years old, come through and want to tour. Or the you know the little kids, whatever it is, it's just for me. It's the guest experience. When they come here, they leave with a smile. Thank you so much. I'll get a text. I'll get an email. Thank you so much. That's what it's about. You know, these guys all have. We have so many different team members that have specific goals in mind, and mine is just to make sure that everything flows and it's a good guest experience. That's mm-hmm. what I enjoy. And then I like to fanboy out whenever somebody that I was you know idolized when I was a little kid comes in, and yeah. now I can talk to them and I'm texting them. You know, and I'm like, man, I had a poster of this cat on my wall when I was in fourth grade, and now we're texting and we're buddies. It just blows my mind. So yeah, back to that before we move on. Back to the defining the, the the experience, right? Because you're bringing guys here. At, at the end of the day, it's a museum as well, right? So you you know, and we're on Route 66, and Travel Oklahoma does a great job of of advertising every business that's on that and and around the business for for you know vacation dollars or whatever it is. And that must be fun for you too to see people come through that. Just saw it on a magazine or a website, and like you know, like, yeah, let's just check that out. Like, we have, ne- you know, yeah, we rode bikes, but we never thought about BMX. And then yeah. you come through, and they see the Hall of Fame and all the history, and yeah. that's just a fun, like, kind of, it's a fun experience, and, and something different that most people who are either doing a road trip or just traveling through or have come to Tulsa for the weekend. I mean, obviously, we had the Tulsa Tough a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago. I mean, that's a huge draw for any every cyclist. Right. Um, I know people who like to party as well, it seems. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure you had plenty of traffic from that as well, but it's fun to get people through who generally aren't, you know, this might be their first BMX experience. Mm-hmm. And we've, so. we've had that. We have had multiple people come through, and you'll see somebody will knock on the door, can we take a tour? And you just look in the parking lot, and there's a small RV out there, yeah. and they're just road tripping and come through. We'll also have people come through. Uh, they're going from California to some national race on the other end of the United States, like, Hey, can we stop and rent the track for an hour and just have a quick practice? You know, well, yeah, today we have an opening and that, that happens as well. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, absolutely 100% a destination. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, what about you? Uh, you know, as curator for the BMX museum, you know, it's, uh, it's been just a life or, you know, uh, a dream, I guess for the last, you know, 35, 40 years, you know, to, uh, to really, you know, just promote the, uh, the sport of BMX, but also to keep the history, you know, and alive. Yeah, you know, and it has such a such a cool past, you know, uh, or 
starting in 1969 in Southern California, you know, and all these other kids all around the country just building jumps in their dirt, in the local dirt fields and, you know, grabbing the shovel and, and to become an Olympic sport that it is today for both racing and freestyle, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just pretty incredible story, uh, you know, and a fairly young sport when you think about it, you know, we're uh, just celebrated our 50 year, yeah. 50 year anniversary, you know, 2019. So, uh, you know, in those short time and 50 years, it's, it's really come a long ways compared to, you know, all your other traditional sports. That, right. You know. Like golf of mine's a million years old. <laughs> <laughs> the, the exciting thing I'm sure for you though, is being, you know, being a curator, you get to utilize all the relationships you've built over those last years of you being, you know, like I said, humbly bragging earlier in the hall of fame yourself, <laughs> like doing, you know, building those relationships and, and kind of, you know, calling up mates and being like, Hey, like, like, We'd love some memorabilia from you or do you have anything hanging around that's just in the office or stuff that they probably don't think is cool but you're like man this is a bike that you rode 30 years ago we need that this is the coolest oh, yeah. thing you know like well yeah like just this just week fun. you know i just added uh clint miller's kuahara uniform from 1983 he won the world championships at a, at a race in slug air in holland mm-hmm. you know and uh he, he just had it you know he's it was hard. It was tough for him to, to hand it over to me, but he knew that it belongs here. Yeah. You know, so he gave me this you know, complete uniform and, and the frame that he won the, the world's on. And, uh, you know, now he sees it, you know, I sent him, you know, it's all over social media and yeah. everyone's just like, Oh man, it's so cool. You know, so awesome to, to see that, you know, put on a mannequin and, mm-hmm. and on display there, you know, with all these other legends, BMX hall of famers. And, uh, so, I think, you know, we'll, we'll see more and more of that, you know, because yeah. uh, they like to hold on to it and yeah, of in course. their office or, you know, but, you know, it, the world really needs to see all that stuff. Yeah. There's a certain level of discovery when these people come to the, when they come in here, they're blown away by the entire museum. Mm-hmm. But just like any fan, they have those two or three writers that they really identify with. And you'll see them and they're looking and they're searching. We have a, a wall with, you know, a ton of jerseys framed and signed and everything. And they're looking, and then they'll find, they'll make that connection. And then they'll come over here, and then, oh, this is a bike that I had when I was, they'll make that connection. And when you see that, man, it's just amazing. Yeah. It's so cool. There's general appreciation across the board, but I promise you, everybody that comes here has a unique tie-in that really, you know, trips the trigger for them. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, for me, like, I, I've, my parents have a picture of me on Christmas Day of my first bike, and it was on training wheels, and I rode it. I would just sit on it Christmas evening and they tell the story usually because I was actually not wearing any clothes at this point. <laughs> There's a picture of me. <laughs> they showed my wife when we went there for the first time. She was like, yeah, here come the, here come the embarrassing baby photos. But what's funny as well, as I was riding like a pet, you know, sat on this stationary bike, right? Cause it's on training wheels, not going anywhere. And I'm pedaling as fast as I can with the front brake hooked. What I didn't notice was I was like burning the carpet with this thick black <laughs> rubber mark. <laughs> so I put this like six inch black thick rubber mark like on, on the, my parents' new carpet on Christmas Day. And they were, as they picked up the bike to put it outside, they realized that like I'd just been pedaling, thinking that the back wheel was spinning, not going anywhere. <laughs> well, it wasn't going anywhere because I was like putting a groove in the carpet. <laughs> Which, uh, and that was like a, a red fox something bike. Like, I mean, I was like what 93 94 or something so yeah like we all have those memories right that take us back to cycling and trying to do jumps and racing and you know just the good thing about wales is it's full of hills there's a lot of downhill big downhill races in the uk that um they usually made the red bull channel somewhere but looking towards the olympics do you guys ever get to travel to big events as you know 
Team USA BMX, you know, the Hall of Fame and just the home of, of USA BMX. You get to travel to any cool events and kind of spread the word and raise the profile of this this location. Uh, I have in the past, you know, and then also my my job, you know, yeah. until now as being the curator, I was the editor of Pole Magazine, which is our membership magazine. So every kid who, you know, races BMX, they belong to, you know, they buy a membership to USA BMX. Uh-huh. You know, and, and with that membership card, they can race on any track around the country. You know, they get insurance. They get a, a monthly membership magazine in the mail. You know, it keeps track. We keep track of their points, you know, so they're chasing after, you know, getting a, a low number ranking at the end of the year and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I, I've, I've traveled. Uh, say the coolest trip I, I went to, you know, I've been to quite a few world championships, but uh, going to the 2012 London Olympic Games was, was uh, definitely probably my highlight. Yeah. But BMX is pretty big in the UK anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. Who won that Games? So the first two years for the Olympics, uh, Latvian, uh, a guy from Latvia named yeah. Maris Strombergs was the uh, the gold medalist in Beijing and in London. Interesting. And uh, he retired not too long after that, but uh, he he moved to Southern California. Yeah. And, uh, lived the, the BMX dream for a while. And because he won his gold medals and he's like the first legit mm-hmm. Latvian to, uh, to ever win a gold medal, I think it was something like, the country pays him like the average, oh yeah he, the he average is now salary. Gold. yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's set he's, <laughs> he's set doing for just fine <laughs> yeah yeah he's uh, put lavier on the map actually right? all he does now is golf oh there we go <laughs> yeah. i can see why he moved to california as well <laughs> 70 and sunny every day uh yeah. to that point though with, with kind of going to the olympics and, and being around those events i mean it must be exciting for you to to kind of mean you know grown up in the sport and see it become an olympic sport and just you know like you said it's still early on in the sport you know 50 years or whatever like it's it's still baby in terms of you know soccer football or whatever the other sports you know baseball it's it's still early on isn't it so it's cool to kind of have that impact and see it come because a lot of people who get into a sport don't ever see it from a young age, right? They don't have to see it progress and see it get into more households and on TV. And then, wow, now it's an Olympic sport. Like you've been able to see all of that, which is super exciting from every aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're just trying to, you know, I think they're kind of getting beat by the X games and, you know, the Olympic, the, IO, the IOC international Olympic committee decided that, Hey, we need to get more hip with a, <laughs> We need younger eyeballs. Yeah, we need yeah. to get rid of, you know, whatever, badminton or whatever Olympic sports there. Yeah. You know? Volleyball can't carry the Olympics for the rest of the, for the future, <laughs> right? So, uh, you know, and then just this last Olympics in Tokyo, you know, they added freestyle, yeah. BMX freestyle for the first time. So that was that was pretty cool, too, you know. So it was just neat to see that BMX was always seemed like they were the stepchild of all cycling disciplines. Yeah. That all of a sudden, you know, now we're, we're really legit, you know, yeah. and, uh, and seen as, you know, uh, you know, an international sport. Yeah. For, for this facility, it seems like, you know, pr- primarily it's just a racing facility, right? With the track. Would you ever have a mega ramp in the parking lot and host an event like that? Is that a dream one day? Like it, cause obviously it's, you know, I think for people just looking on social media and pulling up, they would just see, Oh, this is a dirt track. Maybe we just have to go race. What about the other facets like freestyle and, and, a, and a half pipe and a mega ramp? Like, is we that a, we have a freestyle? You do have a freestyle facility coming. Great, that's awesome. Yeah. And then, I mean, obviously, with 
local legend Hoffman, him the king of the mega ramp and inventor of the mega ramp. Well, you've um, got, yeah, it, not taking anything away from Matt at all. Yeah, he's uh, absolutely amazing. He's an icon. Yeah. You, here in, in Tulsa, we have Quickie Mart, and I think two years in a row, they're the national freestyle team. Isn't that right? Yeah. Amazing. Two years in a row. So, yeah, Quickie Mart's got a, uh, they have a nice impact on freestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's cool. Right here local. And we, we partner with them on several different things. They're, they're a, a great bunch of, a yeah. great bunch of guys. Moving into that, then to plan to have a, a park. What else is in the plans? To I mean, you know, what's on what's in the what's on the vision board and the dream board that like, hey, if we guys had unlimited money and sponsors, man, this facility would be four times the size. I mean, what, what's kind of like your? I guess what would be the legacy that you guys wanted to leave for this place? I, I would, know that's a really would, tough question. No, no, you're you're good. <laughs> uh, I think ultimately, from from that viewpoint, you're talking sixty thousand feet high, that elevation. Yeah. And, 20 years down the road, we would like to have Olympians from Tulsa. That would be a huge thing. We would also like to have our, our freestyle established. Um, and we would like, I mean, I, personally, I would love this to be the, the mecca of freestyle as well. Yeah. And uh, then I would also uh, envision a, a vintage national series, you know, that we could have that championship here every year, taking vintage bikes and working that circuit into, into what we have and having that championship here as well. Um, and then the, the educational background, I would love to be able to look back at new entries into the Hall of Fame and remember that, oh, I helped, I helped put her bike together at Rise. Or I, I remember this kid scraped his knee up and we had to give him a Band-Aid and now look at him, you know. Yeah. It's that full circle aspect of our athletes. And uh, I think that's, for me, that's, that's where my vision would be long term. Yeah. these two. <laughs> yeah, I'd so, like to see this ultimate. Uh, <clears throat> we've talked about it, but. Just this bike fest, you know, like uh, in mountain biking world, they have Sea Otter, the, the big Sea Otter event over in California. And uh, in BMX, you know, all the different disciplines, because there's so many, you know, yeah. there's, you know, not just racing, but then freestyle has all these different branches of, you know, big ramp or street or flat land or, you know, uh, mini ramp or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and park. So it'd just be neat to somehow combine just all events all at the same time and just have a BMX fest, Yeah, you know, hosted here. That, probably not that far away from having that, right? Yeah. yeah I don't know. You could, I mean, a couple of years. Yeah. I think you, I think that would be in the, in the foreseeable future. Yeah. Right. Cause then you blow, I mean, you, you could, you know, you have bands come in. I mean, there's, there's not, there's such a cool, unique community around BMX, right? You know, you dive into the music side of things, the food, what the travel, whatever it is. Like, I mean, those are the three main things you need for a festival, right? It's music, the sport and some people, and you should be good to go. <laughs> Tulsa's pretty good at putting on kind of events like that. I mean, it seems like the city supports stuff like that. We recently had bought the Boulder Dash, <laughs> which is nuts, but, um, you know, it, it, I think you guys couldn't be in a better place, right? To, I mean, other than being centrally located, to have a facility like this, you know, like I said, with the already history of, of you know, the, the championship already being here, and then you get the backing of the city, and now, you know, we have this huge facility and this Hall of Fame, and, and just, I know, it must be super exciting for you guys to, to have that. But finishing up, to add some value to anyone listening who has a young kid that wants to get involved, that lives in Tulsa or the surrounding area, or just wants to come and, you know, rent the track and see it, like, where do you send them? Is you have a website? Like, what was the best way for kids to reach out and maybe attend the camps? I mean, um, the, the probably the best place that we keep updated the most is on Facebook, Hardesty National BMX Stadium page. Um, we also have a Hardesty uh, 
website, mm-hmm. but there's more information on Facebook and just send us a message there. Um, as far as track and riding, they can call me on my cell, 785-817-3096, and we'll get them the programs going and whatever they need to go to get started. Yeah. You might regret that. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit it out, right? <laughs> yeah. No, uh, that's and awesome. The cool thing is, you know, with the BMX thing, uh, to touch on that really quick, is, you know, it's not just, you know, we talked about the little two-year-olds that sure. are racing on a balance bike, but, like, your wife races, you know, you're a whole racing family, right, yeah. Jacob? You know, so BMX, you know, we got age groups, you know, all the way up to 60 plus, you know, yeah. guys about my age that are. What's our oldest racer? It's Kitty, right? Yeah, Miss Kitty's like in her 70s. Yeah. Uh, I think she's, she's like 78. Yeah. 76 or 78? I'm thinking 76. That's 76. amazing. She, yeah. look, she looks 45, so. She right. does. She looks 45. <laughs> That's keeping it going, obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah she races BMX. Yeah. But yeah. You know, we always stress, you know, we, we dub it, you know, the, the world's, you know, greatest family sport. Yeah. Because BMX, you know, it's not just bring your kids and just sit and watch them in the stands, you know, hop on a bike yourself. And, uh, yeah. you know, we got generations, you know, three or four. I've seen a fourth generation family where, you know, the dad, old old dads, you know, grandpa's racing, you know, yeah. in the uh, older cruiser class. And, you know, and then his son, his son, his son, you know, so. That's special. It's a, yeah. Last question then for all of you. What is your favorite piece of memorabilia then that's in the museum right now? The one that you were just like, when this showed up, you're like, I can't believe we have this. Like, well, you mentioned you having this guy's poster. Or, I mean, is there just a piece or, I mean, or the one that we don't have yet that you want to get that's, you know, the golden item? Well, for me personally, it's, uh, we have Dennis Dane's side hack. You know, I was a former, me and my brother raced side hacks. And side hack is like what a, uh, it's a sidecar on a bicycle. So it's two guys rode. So you're really, what you're telling us here is you are, you, you're crazy. That <laughs> yeah. sounds insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back back in the early days, you know, when a lot of the tracks were downhill tracks, yeah. it was really insane. If you go and look at Dennis Dane's side hack, you know, he was the number one side hack team in the, yeah. in the country back in 76, 77. And, uh, you know, he's got chains wrapped around those, the front the rear tires because they'd go so fast through a turn, he was rolling the tires <laughs> off the rim. So they uh, chained them up. Yeah, but uh, that thing's totally original. It's, it hasn't been restored. It's you know it's got a nice patina to it, and uh, it's just a legendary, legendary, untouched yeah. from our history. Scott, what about you? I'll get some razzing for this, but um, mine would be um, Harry. Harry Leary has a bike that was built. He's a Diamondback. Back in the day, was a Diamondback racer. And uh, he went to Australia. They built a bike for him. There's a, a, I think it's a Facebook group down there, Diamondback, and they built this Harry Leary turbo bike with custom pads and all this stuff. I mean, things insane. And it was here for a weekend, and then I saw it again at uh, Guy Cooper's place three weeks ago, I guess. And uh, mine, if that bike ever makes its way here, that would be my favorite. But in the meantime, it's his old school Diamondback jersey. I've yeah. got his frame. Because that's what, you know, I got my, got my uh, Diamondback silver streak, and that was... He was the man, and I had his poster up and all that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was nice. just... what, what were the two posters he had on? <laughs> <laughs> I had the famous Farrah Fawcett poster, you know, on one of wall, course. yeah, of course, and then Harry Leary on the other one. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, priorities. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's priority straight. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he teased me about that because these guys had already given him given him an earful. Yeah. So the first time I actually got to meet him, I'm trying to get through the door. We had a big, huge race and had all this crap in my hands, and the door opens up. And I'm like, 
hey, Harry. <laughs> he said, you must be Scott. And I said, yeah. He said, uh, so it was Farrah Fawcett and I. And I said, yeah, it was. It was. He goes, well, just know I was watching you the whole time. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, for me, it's probably a little different the opposite of those guys because having the four young kids that race, they don't necessarily appreciate the history of all the stuff that's in there. Yeah. But every time they walk past the Olympian row out there, you know, they see the medals hanging around there and they just stare at the Olympic medals and just gives them something to dream for and look forward to. So yeah. that's probably our favorite that we look at the most. That's awesome. Well, gents, I appreciate you spending 45 minutes with us, sharing some stories, telling people about this facility. Uh, for people listening, I'll put the links in the description. Check it out. Come on by, even if you're not a fan of BMX. Like, you just, you've ridden a bike probably sometime in, in your childhood, um, and maybe you want to get back on one. So come up here. I'll put the address and the, the links to the description, and we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma stories through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com and definitely on Instagram at oklahomahof. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.